0: I'm Starla. I'm Mary. And I'm Jocelyn. And And we're we're the
1: Snarky Boob queens. Queens.
0: This is our disclaimer. The Snarky Boob Queens podcast is for informational and or entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have breastfeeding difficulties or concerns about you or your child's health, please reach out to your healthcare provider or an IBCLC. Guys, we're back again. Yeah. Hi. Yes. yes. Happy Just, Monday. It is. And it us. feels like a Monday. It's not going to be Monday when you listen to this
2: guy. No. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's all rainy. Just, it's like a Monday. <clears throat> it is. Excuse and we've me. got this obscure tropical depression slash possibly the name storm in the next few hours. Danny, it's number four of the season. It's right mm-hmm. off the coast. And I'm looking at the leaves blow around a little bit.
0: Wait, when did this happen? Because, like, like I was like, unaware.
1: Two o'clock. The local news station, I just saw it on Facebook, and they said it's, like, coming. It just popped up. Just did
0: do you remember that meme a few years ago that goes, "Damn, Daniel"? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, no. It was really funny, and it was like this kid. And he had white shoes, and his friend always go, "Damn, Daniel." <laughs> and um, <laughs> I want to say that about uh, Hurricane Danny, or well, whatever tropical well, storm you know, sort of yeah, Danny. Hurricane Danny.
1: You know, it's like, "Damn, that, Danny." That was John Travolta's name in um, Greece, wasn't he, Danny? Yeah, yeah he Danny was Zuko. Danny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Danny. Sing, oh, Danny Boy, all
2: the Danny thing.
1: Oh, Danny but, Boy. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, wrong. I bet that uh, meme makes a resurgence for the storm. Yeah. I hope that it does. Something wrong.
1: Where the chair's knocked over in yeah. the backyard and it says, never forget.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, one. <laughs> Last year was the first year we didn't have
1: to evacuate
0: in Charleston. But you
1: didn't have an evacuation this year. Like, yeah. Or a hurricane in the last year at all. Thank it God, because we were in the height. Could you have
0: imagined having to evacuate
1: in the height of the pandemic? No, oh, Lord. I'm taking a tent because nowhere else is open. No,
0: they'd be like, you're not allowed here. Yeah. Do you have the Rona? But that didn't happen. Right. <laughs> um, but we are taking a short break. So um, you might, guys might get an extra week in between. Um, While well, I take a little sabbatical.
1: So. Yes. Our yeah. friend is going to be going to um, Europe and checking out breastfeeding practices and culture there, I'm sure. And little cafes, and I'm gonna find all the breastfeeders oh, in yes. Europe
0: and say, "Yes, the host of
1: um, Jeremy Sue breastfeeding." <laughs> I wonder how many <laughs> selfies you could take with nursing moms, and you. that would be so cool. Like when that when I went to Italy, um sorry when I went to Ireland oh. with my sister and my mom. And I just kind of photographed her in different settings, like caught her in the act of like what she just does best with talking to people. Yeah. That's what you should do.
0: Well, it's so funny. Like if you follow me on social media, that like anywhere I go, if there's any breastfeeding, anything, it's Mm -hmm. like, me with this breastfeeding statue. Me with yes. this breast... Look
1: at breastfeeding Jesus and me, you know? Yeah, so Jesus I, always had a shallow latch, and those nipples were very yes, pointy. She oh never nice. like... Yes, it was always that.
0: Mary's like, I'm not even putting this back. I'm just... Paint me like this. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> too good, too good. Like, like
0: Oh, you know, yeah. All right. Okay, you guys. So in the news this week... Um, Ashley Tisdale opened up about the pressure to breastfeed. No one tells you how really hard it is. Um, and Ashley Tisdale, she was an actress on um, High School Musical, mm-hmm. which Mary reminded me about. Because uh, I've seen it a thousand times. It's Mary's favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it says, Ashley Tisdale's opening up about her breastfeeding journey. Um, The actress and singer shared her decision to feed her baby formula. I wish someone would have told me how hard breastfeeding really was. The 35-year-old mother to a baby girl named Jupiter wrote, you see your friends who are new moms feeding their babies make it look so easy. No one tells you how hard it really is. And then she went on to address the pressure that so many moms face when it comes to breastfeeding and sharing that there's a misconception that the best moms are the ones who breastfeed. And then it says from day one with Jupiter, Tisdale had difficulties
1: getting her baby to latch. Jupiter Tisdale. I love that Sorry, I'm still on
2: that. Jupiter. Well,
1: I went to high school in Jupiter, so I'm a
2: little partial to that. But I mean, come on. A poor child's first name. Yeah, sorry. We're talking about breastfeeding. But when you have a
0: lot of money, like look at Moon Unit.
1: Oh, Lord. Moon Unit,
0: Zappa. Yes. Pilot
1: Inspector. Apple. Um... Yeah. What it name their daughter? Apple. Apple bottom jeans
0: with the, yeah. oh. <laughs> <that reminds me.
2: laughs> when
0: you have a lot of money, you can
2: just be whatever name you want. But yeah. But uh, she said, I don't know. Parenting is hard. That's the beginning of parenting. Someday you're going right. to have to teach the child to what?
1: I was going to say having a baby's hard. Changing yes. their diaper without getting peed on is hard. Yeah. Giving your baby a bath for the first time is hard. Mm-hmm. And who wants to, like, have an audience and all that? I think it's social media and the culture we are in have created this weird environment where moms think if it's hard, you shouldn't have to do it. There's another way. Well, I'm sorry. What are you going to do when your kid's in the middle of the night, has an ear infection and whatever? Do you want to cash in your
2: kid? Yeah. Or... You're going to teach him how to use a spoon at some point, right? Another way of eating. And if he doesn't get it right away, you're going to say, forget it then. We're not, we're not doing this. Yeah, we're not doing it. No, you'll work with them.
1: And then this is how we fed our babies for, since the beginning of human existence. Mm-hmm. So why is it all of a sudden now in 2021 that people are figuring out for themselves, whatever. It's too hard and I can't do this because I have an alternative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't have an alternative 33 years ago. So when my kid went and latched at two in the morning, my husband just took him in the other room for a walk. I stopped sobbing and crying. He put him back in a stupid football hold. It's my problem. And then he latched on and it was fine. But we didn't. I didn't have an alternative because I didn't have a pump. I didn't have formula in the night because I didn't have any formula. Why was I going to give that? Cause I was breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Right. But the whole mindset's different. That's what the problem is. Yeah. And I think too,
0: like she talks about how, um, you know, moms are pressured to breastfeed, but on the flip side, moms also get a lot of pressure to formula feed by constantly getting messages that undermine their efforts. to Like, so, um, i mean it's a double-edged sword but what i really hear in that is there's is a lot of pain and a lot of grief around what she perceives to be as a
2: failure this is to her. breastfeed i was yes. terribly snarky but you're right you're right yeah. and she didn't have the proper support so she
1: didn't she didn't have any somehow nobody none of her friends sent her nancy moorbacher's naturalbreastfeeding.com video to watch right because every single person that i have worked with or who i've sent that to called back or said oh thank god you showed me that Mm -hmm. because that was their saving grace was self-attachment and getting out of the baby's way we're trying to force the issue
0: but do you feel like as lactation consultants you know whenever i sometimes i'm really hesitant to tell people that i'm a lactation consultant because ultimately i get the story of like Yes. I wasn't able to breastfeed yes. and here is why. And I can, I can always hear that sense of like sadness or like, I wish I knew or like, and, and it's really hard because I'm always like, listen, I, I, and I don't judge anyone for their choices. Like in the hospital, like I'm here to educate. If you don't want to breastfeed, like, okay, right. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's definitely, it's your baby, not my baby, but you know, I'm here to support you. But Um, I think that that's hard just in any part of parenting, when you have expectations of how things are supposed to be, and then it's not. And, um, it's just sad. It makes me sad for her.
1: Well, it does. And I remember sitting at a round table with, um, at the, probably USBC or a baby friendly collaborator meeting. We were at one time on a national level and the baby friendly folks were there. And they were talking about how we as a culture have failed mothers by not educating them so that they have all the knowledge to make the choices that they want to make. So they're making decisions based on a bad um, batch of information they've been given that was well-intended or they're getting pressure from their mothers or whatever. Just get the baby about the baby's hungry when they're trying to work out through a, a breastfeeding challenge or the baby's not latching or the baby's cluster feeding or whatever. So therefore breastfeeding is not working for you so just go on and there's a lot of regret and she said her personally was she didn't want mothers to feel regret that they were pressured out of breastfeeding Mm -hmm. so that that was their mission so that all mothers because baby friendly is not just about breastfeeding it's a misconception that all mothers are taught we teach them how to prepare formula and wash bottles properly and safely and to feed their baby with cues and to hold their baby like a lot of people don't really realize that that is part of it and i think i hear that a lot too and moms are like well this is why i couldn't i'm like you don't owe me a story it's fine i don't even Mm -hmm. want people to know what i do sometimes for a living i'm "I'm just a nurse i'll leave it at that because they think they ought if you say you're a
0: lactation consultant they think that you're internally judging them oh yeah listen yeah it's okay. Like, you're not a bad mom. Like if you, even if you make that choice, right? Like it's your choice to make. I love breastfeeding. I wish everyone would breastfeed. It's good for moms and it's good for babies. But if you make that choice, that doesn't make you a bad mother. Hmm. You know what I mean? People have their reasons for why they do things. And I, I just feel like, but I also get annoyed when it's like, when breastfeeding is undermined,
1: in mm-hmm. society and yes. I feel like that's part of it um so I don't know yeah I agree and I think that if you don't have the moms that or friends or whatever and they find out what you do and they their whatever their reason was that it didn't work or that it or they fall at your feet <laughs> and I'm like I just have a great job. Like I had a lady that commented on a Facebook group I'm in today. And she says, you were my lactation consultant with my twins four years ago and helped me pump when they were in the NICU and latch them on. And, and I'm like, I was just like doing my job. Like I didn't do any miracles, (laughs) but Mary has the shirt that says we're badass miracle workers. Yes. Yeah. Which we do a lot of really cool things, but I think it's very mixed that we, our experiences when people find out what we do. Yeah. (laughs) They're like,
0: Mhm. I wonder if her baby was tongue tied. Ooh. So today we're going to talk about a subject that's very near and dear to our hearts. Oh, and that is, can you guys guess? Oh, well,
2: hmm.
0: Yeah, I've been triggered all day thinking about it. <laughs> triggered. Mary is triggered.
1: Mary's the queen of this subject. Mm.
0: We are going to talk about tongue tie so you may have heard that in your mom lactation circles so what exactly is tongue tie? so tongue tie also sometimes called or medically the medical term is ankyloglossia which is a very nice fun word that just flows off the tongue oh yeah yes Mm -hmm. but not if you're tongue-tied according to mary (laughs) um and it's characterized by an overly tight lingual frenulum the cord of tissue that anchors the tongue to the bottom of the mouth And it occurs pretty commonly. So it occurs in 4 to 11% of all newborns. And why is this an issue? It's an issue because an overly tight lingual frenulum can restrict the movement of the tongue and can cause breastfeeding difficulties. Now, what I find really interesting about this topic is that. Um, Having worked in the hospital, it's something that we would see pretty commonly. So Mm -hmm. four to 11% of infants is, you know, a fair amount. And some practitioners would just make me crazy because they'd be like, what is this tongue tie? That doesn't exist. That's just a trend. And um, actually, it's not a trend. So for any of you out there working in the lactation world that are hearing that, um, so tongue time is actually identified as a barrier to effective breastfeeding mm-hmm. as far back as ancient Greece and actually operative interventions were proposed early in Greek medicine. Like, ah, oh, this, like, like, imagine you're like in ancient Greece and Plato's like, this baby doesn't breastfeed good. Just clip the frenulum. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's exactly how they
0: said it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. They were like like Aristotle and like they're all having this conversation. I wonder how many of them had it because the four to 12%, that's what we know about. Yeah. Look at all the ones that we don't know about. So, you know, we know it's probably higher than that, but I think that'd be right where they're sitting around in their robes and Mm -hmm. Roman baths and Mm -hmm. discussing what all they discussed back then. And then that would be that. Well, and then another interesting
0: thing too, about this, about tongue tie. Um, and I'm always the person in history, like Mary and Starler, like, okay, let's talk about like clinical. And I like, I like the clinical side, but I'm like in 800 BC, (laughs) what was breastfeeding like? Um, (laughs) You were a history teacher in your last life. I yeah, think so. I think you were. I was, but only related to breastfeeding Yeah, No, no. I don't want I don't want to memorize war numbers. I just want to know about what breastfeeding was like back then. So in the middle ages, competition arose between midwives and surgeons for basically getting the business of fixing these tongue ties because midwives they would grow like one long fingernail and if they saw a tongue tie they would just like like, cut it with their long fingernail, which is gross. Okay, so got it.
1: Well, and insurance reimbursement must have been a lot better back then. Because <laughs> <Sure. laughs> it was so front- Now you can't get somebody to, you know. Anyway. Oh, but surgeons
0: would do them. Surgeons would yes. correct tongue ties in the Middle Ages, but they would use instruments and not a long fingernail.
1: Well, even just the term. I mean, the for ankle glossia. ankle meaning fused broken bent attached somehow mm-hmm. like improperly like ankleizing spondylosis or whatever mm. people can have for their back and then glossia meaning tongue so the actual diagnosis of it is from you know latin lack- so, yeah. hello, come on. This isn't something we made up. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's been since the beginning of time, everybody. It has been, yes. program, And
2: since the beginning of time, the lactation people and the providers have been in disagreement about what actually constitutes yeah. a tongue tie. <laughs> so, the pediatricians
1: have known about this, you know, probably 30s, 40s, 50s. It was in their training. Okay. So, whenever they started, like, whenever pediatricians became a thing. And... There's a pediatrician in town who's either his father or grandma's grandfather, who given his age, said that he used to just, his grandfather was a pediatrician and he used to carry scissors in his pocket. And he would go around in the hospital nursery just snipping. There was no going into the procedure room, doing a timeout, measuring the degree of attachment. Is it, you know, anterior? Is it posterior? Is it a class one, two, three? Just snipped it. And he told me that one day and he goes, yeah, because it's like a thing. He wasn't into it so much, but he goes, yeah, it's like a thing. And then we had an old um, pediatrician that God rest his soul is in heaven taking care of little babies up there. Dr. Um, Ward, who told me one day he had to go get this. He was, I need to get the scissors. And I said, so what's going on? He goes, well, that the baby doesn't get the frenulum clipped, he'll never get the milk out of the nanny. Can't you see he's tongue-tied? I can see him across the room. He was in his seersucker, very Charleston accent. But he was very, very forward-thinking for his his time with all of that. And, yeah, it's it's like not this big deal of this tug-of-war between mm-hmm. the professions. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. Yeah. It's,
0: it's insanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Mary, do you want to talk a little bit about um, different types of tongue ties and sure.
2: So um, everybody has a frenulum. Um, just some are more restricted than others. <gasps> Wait, did
0: you guys know what that there's a frenulum on
2: the penis? oh is that the attachment where yes oh, that yes well, to see that's a part
1: of what they do when they're doing the circumcision is just it's part of what you're Whoa. loosening around and yeah sure. sorry i told totally. it's on the dorsal your... side. yeah 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 look that's it <laughs> it's right there thanks jocelyn cl- okay. cl- clinical <laughs> dick pics <mix. laughs>
0: <laughs> wait so is there any other frenulums we got tongue penis Mm.
1: all right google i'm looking okay oh wow okay continue mary So,
2: okay Okay. while you guys are looking for your dick pics go ahead oh
1: wait okay so here we go so i probably shouldn't be looking at wikipedia but it was fascinating so in human anatomy it's there's some in the brain Mm -hmm. Mm. there's a frenulum of a superior medullary vellum The digestive tract, there's one, and then they're in the mouth, penile tissue, and then in the female genitals, there's also a couple little (gasps) frenulum places. We have one? I don't know. In the girly parts? Should I Google it? Lady Town's got some. (laughs) Lady Town's (laughs) got some frenulums going on. (laughs) How do you Google that?
2: Yeah. Lady part frenula. That is funny.
0: The frenulum of the labia minora is a frenulum where the labia minora meet pos, pos, posteriorly. I can't, why can't I read today? Yes, look, there it is.
2: Oh, what do you know? Oh, i be
0: frenulums all day. Get out.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, they're very popular. You can't make this stuff up.
0: We no. really just went on, we went out somewhere. We went. We went
2: out of
1: town, just like when we go to dinner and we
2: talk about all. Oh Lord, and our husbands roll their eyes. They're at it again. Okay, so back to the task (laughs) at (laughs) hand. Back to the show notes. So there's anterior and there's posterior, which means anterior is in the front, posterior is in the back. So anterior is the one that everybody sees. I know I can see it when I walk in the room. The baby's crying. I'm going oh crap, that one's Mm -hmm. (laughs) tongue-tied. Wait till I see these nipples, I'm sure. Um, So it's um, a vertical piece of tissue, um, and you can see it. You can see it, how it holds the the tongue to the floor of the mouth. It makes a heart-shaped tongue. Um, The tongue can cup. Um, It's just, it's very, if you look at, I Oh, we look at Google images and yeah. it has really good pictures of what an anterior tongue tie it's it looks The ones like. with Larry Kotlow, Dr. Larry Kotlow, has that are really good about the classes. And I showed that oh, to you yeah, yeah, so yeah. they can see it. Yeah, yeah, the classes. Cool. Yeah. And then there's posterior in the back. And this is the one that throws everybody off. This is the one the docs say that's not a tongue tie. Well, if you um, assess it correctly, you will see that it is. And there's two ways of assessing it. Um, there's the Murphy maneuver, which is just the sweep, which is just fine. It's kind of a, it's fine for a preliminary. Like a down and dirty. Yeah. <clears throat> it just gives you an idea. Yeah. But if you're, you know, if your pediatrician does not do the Martinelli maneuver, which is a finger on either side, under the tongue, the baby's head closest to you um, and pushing back to um, show the, the frenulum, then that's, that's not cool. You want to reassess your pediatrician? Well,
1: because we are not taught this in medical or nursing school, Mm -hmm. right? Because when we're in nursing school, we can tell like, if you've got bad teeth, you need to go to the dentist. Like that's kind of where that's, that's why mm -hmm. the emergency room will give you antibiotics or pain meds, but that's it. They don't talk about the mouth, but we're not taught how to assess that because that is in the realm of dentistry, ENT, speech pathology, right? OT Mm -hmm. perhaps we're not taught how to assess. So moms take note to what Mary's saying.
0: Well, have you guys ever had, um, a practitioner? It's like, Oh yeah, I looked and it wasn't an issue. And like, you can't just look in a baby's mouth to evaluate their anatomy. Like there's been times where, I mean, as a lactation consultant, if the baby is not on the breast, I always like take a look over and I'll do an oral (laughs) examination. I'll be like, does anyone know this baby yeah. has like mm-hmm. a bubble palate? Like this might cause an issue, and they're like, "Oh,
1: or a yeah. hole in their palate." You yes. found
0: that one yes. baby they...
2: one time not long ago. That, yeah. yeah, they were heading out the door, and and I, yeah, you that saved was crazy. Them from a world of hurt. Yeah, um, but yes, a functional assessment. Oh my goodness! You know, you have to get in there. You have to feel what it, the. um. Elevation of the, the tongue on your finger, you have to do the lateralization. See if the baby can, can lateralize, um, extension. That's another thing mm-hmm. is the docs always say, if you can stick his tongue out, it's fine. Mm-hmm. He feels fine on my finger. When well, your tongue goes up
1: and down, back and forth, mm-hmm. side to side sticks in and out. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're all, they act like, oh, it can do like two of those tricks and who cares about the rest of Mm them? Well, last I noticed your breast is not your finger.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, oh my goodness. Um, Another thing is that, you know, we've looked at the baby's mouth, but we've also looked at the mom's breast anatomy and the damage done to it. And a lot of times the docs will say, well, you know, might be a small tongue tie, whatever. <laughs> That's <laughs> always is. a good one. Um, minor, a minor. Yeah. Her nipples are bleeding,
0: sir. I,
1: and <laughs> and
2: then the this is the this is the one. We'll just wait and see
1: <laughs> till they fall off. When she doesn't have any more nipples and she comes back in two weeks. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, let's wait till the baby's failure thrives before we actually evaluate and fix this breastfeeding
1: issue. Or let's pump and bottle feed for a week or two and see if it grows.
2: Oh my God.
1: Oh. <laughs> if it gets bigger. Oh. Like, well, in 9 months it hasn't. So what makes you think the next really? week it's going to? Yeah,
2: it's going to. There's out a local breastfeeding food.
1: providers that I've heard tell moms that. I'm like, "All right, stop it right now. We're going to have to oh. take another wow. little idea for you to get treatment."
2: Yeah. So, listen up, moms. These are some red flags for you if uh, if any of these happens happen with your providers go elsewhere
0: (laughs) get a second opinion you are not married to them
1: no no and i just think that it used to be with specialties you had to get a referral from your primary care physician or your pediatrician or whoever you're seeing right now many specialties you can Mm self-refer and this is one of those times and many insurances will actually cover this under the medical plan because who has dental insurance on their kid nobody But the tongue and lip tie um, Facebook group of North Carolina and South Carolina, I just looked, has 4,600 members. That is just as many people in these two states, I'm sure there's other states, that are in a local breastfeeding Facebook group here for Laleche League. We're talking lots and lots of families looking for support, mm-hmm. looking for information
2: and for providers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the, um, the lip tie and they'll say well you know at some point he'll fall and and bust it open he'll fall on his mouth well first of all the poor thing come on and so we have to wait until then till he's three and he's fallen off his bike or
1: he hits the front steps or yeah yeah, he falls on his toy and he rips it oh so that's okay in a year or two when breastfeeding in the hospital or six weeks later is like a, a nightmare and you're going to wait that long. Oh, it's fine. It'll take care of itself.
2: Right. Oh my goodness. No.
0: It's, it's crazy. And, and it's even, I mean, it's like, and, and the way that they grade them too, they're like, Oh, this tongue tie isn't that bad. I'm like, that's like saying you have a hairline fracture on your foot and it's like, Oh, we're not going to treat that. Cause the bone's not sticking out. And you're mm-hmm. like, what right. the hell?
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There are, um types what's the word i'm looking for not stages of tongue tie one two three and four the classes class. classes thank you um so there's not a little or a lot we can we can quantify these
0: and a class i mean but the amount of damage and the amount of um issues are not directly correlated
1: to the class of tongue tie
2: no, oh, no, no, not at
1: all. And look how many people who just assume this is a breastfeeding problem. This isn't every baby issue who has this. It doesn't matter if they're bottle feeding. I've seen lots of patients that the nurses will even go, this baby doesn't even bottle feed well. He's uh-huh. gagging. He's chewing. There's formula coming out either sides of like the corners of his mouth. Mm-hmm. And then, or they'll go, well, he's got an arched palate. Well, I'm not going to fix. How am I going to fix that? I can't do anything about that. It's the tongue that created it in oh, utero. Yeah? Right. And then they go, really? Yes. Yep. We talk about this all the time. Are they not listening to us?
2: No, they're not. Snark. Snark.
1: <laughs> no. And that's a
0: really great point is it is a baby issue, not is a baby just issue. a breastfeeding issue. Like I was going through my own medical records when I was four months old. I had um, a phrenotomy done because I was a poor feeder. She and i was a, and up. i was a bottle fed baby yeah wow they were like we had to do this tongue tie it was an issue mm-hmm. and i still have a lisp do you notice it i do so oh.
1: who else in your family had one before you
0: Do you know i don't know but my doing your oldest. family tree
1: i know <laughs> i should ask
0: um but i don't really like talk to my mom's side of the family yeah. i don't know but um my daughter had a severe
2: mm-hmm. yes.
0: severe tongue tie um and it's really funny and we'll talk about, um, you know, symptoms later, you know, we had horrible issues with breastfeeding, bleeding nipples, the whole thing. The only reason she grew was because I had an overabundant milk yeah. supply Excuse me what mm-hmm. and yep. she was late to talk. So she was like two and a half before she spoke, but she never had speech issues after that. She was just a late talker. And, um, so yeah, we had, we had yeah. issues, but I'll, t- I'll tell you later on about when they were fixed, but, um, Yeah. So it is, it's a baby issue. So, start you mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit about, since we already jumped in a little bit, like the
1: symptoms? So, when you have a baby who has a tongue tie or lip tie or both, and 80% of babies that have a lip tie also have a tongue tie, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because a lot of people may notice that, but then they don't pay attention to the tongue.
2: Well, and um, then usually a many times a high palate and a lot of times a recessed chin. Yeah. And so the little dimple on the chin. So yeah. how
1: many times do you see these cute newborn photo shoots on Facebook and the baby's yawning or the baby's smiling and you can see it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: once there's a local photographer that I know that does baby photo shoots and I saw a photo shoot. that She posted a few like little sneak peeks. This kid, I'm telling you, this was it, the tongue tie, like leapt off the, my Facebook screen at me, so I I, did. I sat on it for the longest time for like an hour, which <laughs> was a long time for me. <clears throat> and I couldn't deal, so I had to reach out to this photographer and I said, "Hey, I love the pictures. It's so cute. um Do you happen to know if this mom is nursing and if she's doing okay?" Mm-hmm. And she wrote back and she said, Well, actually, she is. And I'm thinking, How? Because <laughs> this kid's tongue was yes. so fixed to the floor of her mouth, mm-hmm. like it almost folded up from the back, you know, oh. one of those that kind of was so anchored from the front. I just was going, Oh, she'll yeah. never lick an ice cream cone. No. no. You know, what are her nipples look like? They must be three inches long with an overabundance of milk. So anyway, so some symptoms besides the fact that you can see them frequently, not all, but frequently we can. There's nipple pain and damage. I find that moms will complain of, it feels pinchy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It feels like he's biting me. Mm -hmm. And so what I kind of surmised during my practice is the only moms that ever use the words pinch, chew, Chomp or bite Mm -hmm. are the moms whose babies have ties. Yep. Right? like clockwork. Every time. Otherwise, they say, oh, it kind of burns a little or it's a little uncomfortable in the beginning or they're Mm kind of tender, a little sore. sore. Mm -hmm. But they may lead in with the sore and I'll go, well, do you have a word that you would use to describe that further? Which, you know, there's burning, stabbing. Like, look at all the the terms that we use to describe Mm -hmm. pain, right? And they'll normally say that. Um, A misshapen nipple after breastfeeding. So if it's round when it goes in, it should be round on the way out, but just longer. And you see those, they look oval shaped or they look like they're a tubal lipstick, like they're angled Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or worse. You've got the compression stripe mark on the, it looks like you took a red marker and you drew a line across the middle of the nipple Mm -hmm. left to right. You can see those from the door. Girl. Yeah.
0: I had, my nipples were so... When I tell you, it looked like someone took scissors and cut off the tip, <sighs> with a compression stripe that had a blister coming out of it. Oh dear lord! Like the I had the worst nipples I've ever seen. The I most must tongue-tied. care kid. of you
1: because I had a patient. With that one time, and their nipples were disappearing. Literally ground meat. If your nipples they look work. like ground meat, it's not good. Yeah, they're yeah. awful. Um, And often we see this too, where the baby um, is trying to feed and they keep losing suction
0: Mm -hmm. or
1: they keep popping off. Now there's a certain amount of normal learning curve and 80% of new moms are going to feel some tenderness and discomfort within the first few days to a week. Now, just because something's common doesn't mean it's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, that's our job is to kind of tease out, well, what's kind of normal, hormonal, new mommy nipple thing that, by the way, you don't get used to this and nipples don't get calloused. Mm-hmm. Do. Just so you know, everybody tell your mom, have n- have you ever seen a set of calloused nipples? I've seen them that are infected and all that scab, yep. but I've never seen a callous form. Nope. No. Okay. So then we have the clicking sound that oh. babies will often make and you mm-hmm. might not hear it at birth. But you might hear in a few days when the milk starts to transition and it flows and that's where the tongue is losing grip and kind of snapping off the roof of the mouth and and letting go of the nipple Um, and then poor weight gains. The babies are struggling. Babies will work around a lot of things to feed and they'll feed very frequently. They'll feed for long periods of time, but it's always like a struggle and they're 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 working hard and they're stressed. And you can see a lot of that.
0: And babies that actually do breastfeed, usually it's because their moms do have an oversupply that can compensate, but they learn to breastfeed pathologically. Yes, like it's not like, it's right. not how it's supposed no. to be. Yeah. And that's
1: how we see these babies. Mm-hmm. And we're like, how are they thriving? Well, the babies figured out the workaround. And if you wait yeah. too long before you've sought help and we, I, the baby has the reflux symptoms and all of those things that happen with older babies. And then the baby rides that wave of oversupply and fast flow. And then in a few months when all of that starts to shift, then now you're having a low supply. So this isn't going to last forever. Mm -hmm. And that's where we start to see that moms will start to appear. And then the pediatricians like, well, they're not gaining weight. They need formula. Well, I'll tell you why it was a whole mechanical thing. I also will um, put my finger just underneath the baby's jaw, like in the corner. Like near their TMJ, mm-hmm. and feel when the baby's nursing because you can feel that clunking kind mm-hmm. of a sensation where the mom's wincing at that point. So if I'm if we're looking at the baby's face and the attachment at the breast, you can see out of the corner of your eye her eyebrows as soon as the kid latches yep. on goes, Rrr! and then you see her toes curl and then you see this like, Ugh. yep, and it's yep. not the. First time mom, a couple times it happens, or maybe in the first couple of days, and then it's okay, but they're dreading the next feeding. Oh,
0: yeah. They're wanting
1: to delay responding to their baby by feeding it. The pacifier is being used very frequently, and then the baby is starving. Why are we putting off babies who are hungry? And there's times when I've seen nipples, moms like Jocelyn's were, and I said, okay, We're going to have to have a conversation right now because I don't think the ethical thing for me to do is to ask you to keep putting your baby to your breast. We need to be pumping and expressing. And if we don't get enough out, we're going to maybe need to try to feed this baby with some formula while we work on getting this corrected. Mm -hmm. Because why wouldn't you intervene? And some of these babies, you have to finger and syringe feed them because they They can't suck. They cannot suck. They cannot suck. Yep and they but a bottle baby will go home with all kinds of different nipples that everybody in the hospitals tried but the nursing mom they pat her on the head good luck when your milk comes in it'll get better As they drive off into the sunset <laughs> mm-hmm. no so once they've been identified and we've seen this in the hospital and boy don't we have to tap dance around this oh lord yes oh because we nine times out of ten we're in the room with the mom we've seen what's happening we've made our assessment and then you go into the well, I think the reason behind your pain is that your baby has this tissue, this is my typical story, mm-hmm. this tissue underneath this tongue that we all have, and now in masks, you can't <laughs> open your mouth, and I'm like, no, anyway, but I would say, you know, when you open your mouth, it's right there, but he has that, and up, up top. But it seemed it appears to be shorter and tighter than it would ordinarily be, and this happens frequently. I see babies all the time with these, and this is the reason for your pain Mm -hmm. and then they go really and then sometimes they look like you have got two heads Uh and or you're you might gently point something out that's not problematic yet but you know it's gonna be Mm -hmm. because this can't go on she's starting to get more sore the nipple shields start coming out the pumps we're doing all the things and then you know who her provider is going to be And some of them are really savvy. And I'm like, you're in good hands because Mm -hmm. they're going to evaluate you and refer. And this is the next step. But I lay that out for them Mm -hmm. so that they know ahead of time there are various providers in town that can do this. Well, and even in the hospital, these tongue tie babies that are poor feeders,
0: they're not getting adequate colostrum intake. They're not stooling. Then we see jaundice and then all the other interventions. Oh, sure.
1: And sometimes these late preterm babies who are struggling anyway, they have blood sugar issues, so we have some neonatal nurse practitioners where we work that will actually do. Um, if it's very thin and stretchy and very anterior, you know, the heart shaped tongues at the front. I I even had one one time I went to her and I said, "This baby was just born, cannot even maintain a latch, and it's like the baby knows mm-hmm. they're screaming and they're struggling." And he goes, "I can't do it. They're
2: trying so hard. They are I didn't
1: see it." And the mom is like, what's going on? And you're like, mm, think this is it. I mean, this isn't the, the whole always oh, got to learn how to do it. So we're hand expressing or we're doing whatever it is to feed the baby. But we actually have done them ex- explain this to them. And the provider can actually clip if it's appropriate to do with, with scissors. And everybody out in, in our um, podcast land, nobody really, really likes to go to the dentist. I love my dentist and I love this hygienist and mm-hmm. they're like family to us. But ultimately who likes to sit in the chair and have somebody digging around your mouth? Right. Not a lot. So it does kind of get parents. I think anxious when you start talking about this, because it's a big deal, but on the grand scheme of things, then I say, well, if it's a little boy, you're having them circumcised. I understand mm-hmm. it is nothing as involved as that. No, no, no. The near. procedure is much shorter there's much less risk involved and there's, depending on who does it with revision, if you're going to need to, to surgically intervene a second time, which a fair amount of penises have to get recircumcised circumcised because the, the adhesions form. Mm-hmm. So this is when you point it out to them, I think like that, they kind of take a deep breath. And if it's a girl, I say, if it was a boy, would you have considered circumcision? Okay. So this is not that big of a deal. And then they go, oh, okay. Yeah. So we know that we can do the scissors. There's also um, the water lays. And so the other laser procedures that can be done as well, because the posterior dense, very thick, fibrous ones need to be done by someone who's very trained. And this is their gig, Mm -hmm. not somebody who does a few. If I was having open heart surgery tomorrow or brain surgery, I wouldn't go to the guy that dabbles in it (laughs) and I wouldn't go to the one that seemed nice, Mm -hmm. although bedside manner is very important to me, but (laughs) I want to go to the guy. And so you want to find out in your community who the preferred providers are, who are very trained and not only identifying these, but how best to approach them. There are ENTs I've heard of that will actually do very deep cuts and do stitches in the floor of the baby's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, there, this is a controversial subject. We did mention that early on. And still, even though within the whole tongue tie community, there are varying opinions on the best way to approach these. But I think it's important if you've got someone who is very well versed in them that you could still even get a second opinion if you needed to. And as parents, knowledge is power. So even if you go and you have the appointment for the consult, it doesn't mean you have to have it done, right? You may choose not to, and you and your baby might be able to work around it and it might be fine, but probably when he's five or six and he's in speech in kindergarten, this may be a revisit for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a friend I work with. Her son chipped his tooth when he was in college. And when he came home to have it fixed, the dentist said, run your tongue along your top teeth and see how it is. He goes, I can't. And his mom, who's a good friend of mine is like, just do what the dentist said. Like, Quit giving him a hard time. Like, Stop it. He goes, I can't. I've never been able to lick my top lip. He was tongue-tied. And if you talk to her now, he was a horribly colicky, spitty, oh, miserable no. bottle-feeding baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so was her daughter. And the likelihood that both of them had this was very high. Mm-hmm. Because we see that a lot. It's six or eight weeks. Babies go on reflux meds, right? Yeah. And then a mm-hmm. large, this was published in the AAP Journal years ago that a large portion of these babies have tongue tie.
0: Well, did you know, um, I know someone who is a music teacher and she consulted with me about tongue tie because she was noticing it affects the way her students, which instruments they can play. Sure. Sure. Just like, you know, you never think of that (laughs) being a thing, but like, oh crap, you can't play the clarinet because you're, you can't slur and you can't
1: the way, I mean, it
0: affects so much. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: It is crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's what's important is to find someone in your community who is a, a who's like the guy or the, or the female. I hate to um, mm-hmm. not say that there's, com- just in our community though, there's male providers, but to also be able to make sure that you get good information on how to do aftercare exercises and I find there are some providers in our community that do not teach any aftercare mm-hmm. and that are very resistant to doing that because I don't think it's important. Well, if I had knee surgery tomorrow, you better bet that they're going to have me in physical therapy.
2: Absolutely. Right. For yeah.
1: any of those procedures. And this is just as important because your tongue is a muscle mm-hmm. and you're going to have to have some mobility work done with babies. And even if they're just early on, you don't want to let that tissue um, that tissue re-adhere and have Mm -hmm. more problems later on because sometimes people are hesitant to go back and have it done again. And the longer you wait, the more the baby has to like learn to have to re relearn. And then there's something called body work or manual therapy. Mm -hmm. That's also an important piece of this for a lot of babies because they can have their, their, their lower jaw, their chin, their heads can tilt one direction or another that sort of go along with these some breech babies, some positions babies were in utero can affect all of this. So. Anyway, there's the deal with um, revisions and getting things taken care of, so that
2: we can continue to support you and make sure you meet with your lactation mm-hmm. consultant after mm-hmm. that um, three-day class that I took was about um, mm-hmm. the body work before and then finding the proper procedure for the for that particular person and then the exercises for afterwards to help um, you know babies compensate. For a tongue that doesn't move right, and so we have to help them relearn and get rid of those compensations because they don't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a whole bunch of exercises that you can do to help a baby with the musculature of their their head and neck and shoulders. And there's some good ones on YouTube.
1: I mean, I pull them up at the bedside and just said, for example. I'm not saying that this is the one for your baby, but this is a type of things. And even like with cranial sacral therapy, mm-hmm. at first when I heard about it, I was like, "So some chiropractors do it, or, or body workers? Like, what is that?" Well, you can't really tell what they're even doing because it's very gentle. Mm-hmm. Just knowing where those pressure points are and relaxing the tissue. So I think a lot of parents get anxious about this, and then they don't want to do anything about it. But yet, if you get into it, it's very, very well worth it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure.
0: So Mary, do you want to go into some of the long range um, issues with tongue tie? Sure.
2: Um, well, first of all, I want to say that um, you know everybody's situation is different, and sometimes you can breastfeed fine, but then the baby would have problems later on, which is what I'm going to talk about. Or, you know, you could have difficulty with breastfeeding. Did I say that right?
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you can have not no breastfeeding issues with the kid. can have issues
2: later, later on, on or have or breastfeeding issues. issues and then possibly things be okay later on, but you right. just don't know. Right. You right. just don't know. So, um, you know, no matter how it plays out for you with breastfeeding, um, later on, there are, there can be speech issues. We need our tongue to say, to do all the you know all the talking we do and all of the um there are certain letters that we have to be able to put our tongue to the roof of our mouth my son would um for the longest time could not say th he lived in south carolina oh came out as an f so just as an example of one so you know those are things that we take for granted but and you're not thinking about that when you have this two-day-old baby in your arms but at some point they're going to mm-hmm. need to learn that or even
0: delayed speech. Cause like sure. my kid didn't really talk until she was like two and a half. Like she didn't have her words and we had her tested and all the things. And when she did speak, she could say everything. Like she, she starts speaking full sentences because orally she needed to develop mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. she could actually speak. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And we found out she was partially deaf in one ear when she was eight years old. So like, what the hell medical community, (laughs) you failed us. Right. Right. But yeah, no, it totally affects speech.
2: Yeah. feeding. And like Starla said, um, tongue tied babies sometimes have a hard time feeding from a bottle. And then as they're starting um, solids later in their first year, they can have a very strong gag reflex um, difficulty with swallowing texture stuff. also mentioned about the faux reflux um there's so much air taken in that um babies they start this vomiting thing and and it just hurts my heart to think that babies are being medicated for reflux that might have been taken care of you know if something had been done about the tongue yeah Um, and how many moms we hear from
1: who are miserable because their babies are quote-unquote gassy Mm -hmm. they're fussy Mm -hmm. there's a lot of air intake or moms will text me pictures of their baby's mouth with those little callus and blisters all along the top yes yes i had another mom i took care of whose baby was kind of a challenge to breastfeed early on then she got through it and then when he was eight months old all of a sudden he couldn't bottle feed anymore and the and we turned out he was tongue-tied and the bottle became a struggle for him as his mouth got bigger. He couldn't, The comp, I can't talk either. What is wrong with the three of us? The compensatory <laughs> mechanisms that he had developed had
2: failed him at that point. Yep. <clears throat> and then he was better once he got it fixed. Um, something else you can see is sleep apnea. Um, babies that are mouth breathers, um, our normal position of our mouth is with our, our lips together but you do see some people that when they're concentrating, I, I see it in little kids all the time now, cause I'm, I'm tuned into it, but you'll see that they're, they're sitting there watching TV and their mouth is hanging open. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. That is part of what happens when that, because that tongue didn't develop correctly, that's one of the compensations that they have. Mm-hmm. Dental health. Um, the jaw movement of breastfeeding, um, is is necessary to help develop the jaw and um and more so than a bottle but it's that sort of latch and that sort of movement um um lost my train of thought it's catching i know (laughs) it's like late we're all like oh my goodness but anyway so it has to do with that also um dental health as far as caries when you can't move your tongue to your back molars to get food out, then it causes cavities. Mm-hmm. So that's something we we take for granted. Yep, and it's something that you don't think about with the tongue tied babies when your baby, when you're, baby, when you're um, considering whether you want to have that revision done when they're three days old. Or the I've seen moms talk about the caries from the
1: front of the mouth with the two- with their front teeth, mm-hmm. because the dentist will say you need to stop breastfeeding because it's making you get cavities. Well, the kid had a lip tie <laughs> and the food is getting stuck under it. The- it wouldn't matter yeah. what the baby's eating. Mm-hmm. Yep. And unless it's water, the baby's going to have problems because of
2: food trapping. Yep. So this may be a little earthy, crunchy, but there's a picture in our lactation community. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's from an autopsy and it shows the tongue. And everything from the tongue down in the body that the tongue is connected to and affects. So by the fascia, right? Yes. Um, So things like your head posture, uh, lower jaw protrusion. These are things that happen when the tongue doesn't move quite right. um, It hasn't developed correctly. It's not being used in the manner that it's um, supposed to. Um, these are things that happen. Of course, jaw pain. Also, um, you could have difficulty with chewing. Um, mm-hmm. My son, all of his first pictures, his you know kindergarten, first grade, all that, he's smiling, but you don't see his upper teeth. You only see his lower teeth because his lower jaw protruded. And when he smiled, that's what you saw—lower mm-hmm. teeth—until he had a an appliance, and then that's when we. Realized that, you know, he was what, seven-ish something years old, that he was Mm tongue-tied. So, um, and he couldn't, he never wanted an ice cream cone as a little kid. That just broke my heart and I couldn't imagine why, because that's one of the funnest things in the world. Yeah. And it's because he couldn't lick it. He had to have his ice cream in a cup as a little bitty guy. Yeah. So... Yeah. So when he was 14, he had it revised because he had speech issues. I
1: remember when you called me. Mm-hmm. Y'all had just moved here from little Midwest, Missouri. Mm hmm. He's going to a large high school. Poor kids. Wait, was he a freshman that year? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Mm hmm. And so she saw a friend of mine who's a speech therapist when he called me in the next week. You're not going to believe it, but he has a tongue tie. Oh my God, that explains so much. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's like, then it all fit, the whole
2: picture fit together. It does. It does. <clears throat> yeah. So he was 14 when he had it revised with a laser and, you know, he's fine now, mm-hmm. but it was quite the adventure and not knowing because I just, you know, I wasn't a lactation consultant back then. So, um, so that's, that's our story. And yeah, and I, I recall my dad also saying this is as far as i can stick my tongue out and his his low his tongue would just rim his lower lip just right there that's as far as he could go and i remember my dad also had that protruding jaw it wasn't as much as liam's but um he had a, a very dominant jawline. and
0: yeah makes sense
2: yeah mm-hmm. so that's where he got it but yeah talking about the
1: the fascial issue. My chiropractor and I talk about this because with functional medicine and whatnot. And he's like, yeah, you wouldn't believe how many people that I have come in here who have tongue ties, And I can tell before they even open their mouth Mm -hmm. by watching how their head and their posture are all connected. And I've talked to my dentist who is, who's older. He's just retiring. And he says, yeah, they, they have sleep apnea. They have all kinds of problems as Mm -hmm. adults get older Mm -hmm. from this. That was never fixed.
0: Well, and even if they don't have issues, like, for instance, my own daughter, we had horrible breastfeeding issues. She was late to talk. But other than that, she was fine. She had no speech problems. She lived her life. And I knew she was tongue-tied by the time I became a lactation consultant. I'd figured it out because I'm, like, very analytical. So I'm like, what went wrong? Like, we need to figure this out. And so it used to be, like, a thing she would do, she'd be like, because I'd be like, let me see under your tongue. And it was very... Um, it had stretched, but it was very visible and, um, but she was fine. Didn't have issues and it was all good. And then we got it corrected for orthodontic reasons, especially her, you know, her upper lip and the orthodontist was like, listen, cosmetically, this needs to be corrected so that we can do what we need to do. So I said, that's fine. And we did a laser revision and she's 12 and we get in the car afterwards and I'm talking to her and. I said, so how does it feel? And she turned to me and I, I literally want to cry when I think of this. She goes, mom, it's so easy for me to talk and smile now. Oh. Aww. So her whole life,
2: mm-hmm. it was
0: so, she didn't even know, like that's right. how it was. Yeah. And now she's like, oh my God, like, and I just as a mother that killed, like I beat myself up about it probably every day
1: oh, and I one feel of so these, bad. this whole issue is so it can be so subtle it can impact a little part of life that you just kind of go you know you just kind of go along with but if if somebody had very very different leg lengths mm-hmm. or some other issue that somebody had physically you're gonna fix it right. or find a way around it even back in the when they used to do like the, the you know, shoes and they would do, because now we can do limb lengthening procedures when baby, when kids are little and, and all of that stuff. But I just think that parents go through all this time and then you find out and you're like, oh, I never knew, but mm-hmm. you, you knew, but you didn't like, it wasn't anything that you necessarily even knew to fix or that there was, it was a huge, a big of a problem.
0: But that's to the point of like, you might think it's fine because yes. they're functioning yeah. and it's like, Yeah. But it's like kids. I I have a cousin who got glasses when he was like 10 for the first time or something. And he's like, Oh my God, you can see the stars. He didn't know you could see the stars. So like they never knew there was anything wrong. And Mm -hmm. he didn't know either because you don't know until you know. So if you even have an indication and I always tell like, and I'm not pro get the surgery or whatever. I mean, I am pro get the surgery, but I'm, I'm very into a you know, informed consent and all that. But Mm -hmm. if you have even an indication that that might be the case, like go get a a specialist's opinion about it
2: because it affects so many areas of your life. Right. Yeah. Which is When you're two days, you know, maybe two two days old and you're laying in the hospital bed, it's hard to see the big picture. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, And it's not just, oh, well, it's only breastfeeding that's affected. It's not. It can be so much more. Yeah. And we don't have a crystal ball to
1: know the babies that are going to be really affected negatively over the long haul with lots of issues versus the ones that it might be just a few things. Breastfeeding might work out fine. Their speech might be okay, but there might be something else. We don't know where it's going to go. So, get the information early so that you can start digesting it while you're thinking about it, because it's easy once life starts to go when you get busy. And if breastfeeding may go fine for you. And I tell people that I said, mm-hmm. I'm just here to tell you what I see. But if it looks like a duck, <laughs> walks like a duck. And how many dads will start sticking their tongue out? Oh, I can't stick my mm-hmm. tongue out I'm either. Like or the moms go, Yeah, my first baby had that. But when you hear their breastfeeding story with their first or second mm-hmm. or other child, and then they would never latch. Right. So either I know they were born at certain hospitals because they swallowed do football hold all the time and there's no wonder. Sorry, a little salty yeah. and it's a Monday already. And, or they had to use a nipple shield. If you're having to use a nipple shield and it's not because of maybe your anatomy, the little, sometimes some breasts are really dense tissue and the babies have a hard time grabbing on and we use that as a tool. We love them and we hate them at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. But there are times if you have, soft breast tissue, your nipples are reverted and you're having to use a nipple shield either because of terrible pain or the baby can't latch without it. Guess what? They might have a tongue tie. Mm -hmm. And this happened to my, um, my neighbors and my good friends that have a baby. And I saw her, didn't see her in the hospital. She delivered when I was off. And when I saw her at her house next week and I said, Oh, I know now why they gave you a nipple shield. And this is what I see. And they're like, are you kidding me? The pediatrician said, well, it's kind of like, we don't know if it's, and I don't know that the surgery or whatever procedure would make it better or not, because it may not get better. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's no guarantees, but you know, I, and I didn't want to say that. Well, if it was my kid, I would, but if they said, if they asked me, if this was your child, what would you do? And I said, I would at least go and have an evaluation and consultation Mm -hmm. because that's how I am. Mm -hmm. And they had the procedure done and they had no issues after that. She got off the shield within a week. Like yep. the baby had oh, nice. minimal anything afterwards. She had a good milk supply. And, but you know, there's sometimes that there's moms that, that the, the, the repeat customers that we have, our mm-hmm. clients, mm-hmm. they're tongue ties, aren't they? Oh, most mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Or it's to call us or what? And it all goes together.
0: Mm-hmm. 90% of the moms that I would see that had pain after mm-hmm. two weeks postpartum, 90%. I would send them for a second opinion for tongue tie. Uh So, I mean, sometimes I'd have them on the phone and of course I'd always see them first, but I'd be like, oh man, I feel like I might might
1: need to make a referral, but
0: Mm Hmm. And you
1: kind of even kept some stats when we were doing outpatient stuff. A significant portion of them were like the the usual, like we're going to come in have an appointment. See how milk transfer is. You do the down and dirty with all things and make sure everything's fine and they're fine. But the people who come back or they've got nipple damage or whatever, you're like, this is what this is from. Like, why Mm -hmm. is this? This isn't brain surgery, right? But you're not having support by a provider or sometimes a partner. And this is something that can get kind of dicey with parents. That maybe one parent wants to have the procedure done and the other one doesn't. Yeah. So there's that impasse, and we take care of them, and I feel like I had to do some marriage counseling on more than one occasion. Oh, we do marriage (laughs) counseling, counseling. and we're not licensed to do that, but we did okay.
0: Yeah. You do what
1: you can.
2: (laughs) Okay, so we've thrown a lot at you today. Um, Just to summarize. Um, moms, each situation is individual and you don't know how it will play out. Um, parents need to advocate for themselves and have their baby evaluated by a pediatric dentist if they're you're given conflicting information. The bottom line is find a provider who takes your concern seriously and will refer you to an authority if they are not educated or experienced with tongue tie. Um, for further information, you can check out Dr. Gahari's website. Um, maybe we could have put we could put a link yeah. on ours. He is the bomb. I am thebomb.com. I am right. a fangirl. I wish he lived here. Oh, Mary
0: is the president of his fan club. Ten <laughs> out of ten.
2: And he is the the king of snark. <laughs> love that man. Can we get Gehari and Newman
1: in a room
2: and just <laughs> girl?
1: Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. No. Yeah.
2: We love
0: you guys so please send us your feedback guys or anything you'd like us to cover just tell us that we're great you can email us at the snarky boob queens at gmail.com
2: follow us on
1: facebook at the snarky boob queens
2: or on instagram at the snarky boob queens and until next time when out whip, whip it out, out. Bye. bye bye guys